Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Geek Out Loud. This is what we call a cold opening. For those of you who are about to listen to this in all the podcast form and glory, my name's Steve Glosson, and uh, you should know that this episode is being recorded in front of a live studio audience as uh, we celebrate becoming an official part of the family that is Shot Glass Digital Radio. Um, This is the most boring way ever I could think of to open up a Geek Out Loud, so without further ado, I'll just say this. Cue the music. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, we celebrate becoming a part of Shot Glass Digital Radio. It's a classic Geek Out Loud, but you never know who may show up, what may happen. We're live tonight, live baby live on your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud. This is your safe place to geek out. My name is Steve Glosson, and I am so, so, so very happy to be along with you as we celebrate the things that we enjoy. That's what the show's all about. I want to say right out of the gate, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack of Shot Glass Digital Radio because this is the first episode where we are officially a part of the family. We're part of the Shot Glass Digital Radio family and so glad to be so. And to celebrate that, uh, we've got a live audience with us. Listen to them. Oh, well, you can't really hear them. We're doing this on uh, our Mixler feed that we normally do the Big Honkin' Show for. Uh, Big Honkin' Show is a radio show that I've done in the past, local radio, and twice it's gone off the air. One time because of me, the other time not so much. And uh, and so every now and again we'll do it live. We'll do it live! On... Uh, <laughs> on, uh, on Mixler. And so tonight we did a large... Um, a large, alive Big Honkin' Show, and it was, it was live, it was large, it was large, we had a large time, I think, I think we got, we got real, we talked about stuff that mattered, we had a real life superhero, it was awesome, check it out at BigHonkinShow.com, but uh, this show is all about just having a good time, and we've got folks in the chat, and we'll be paying attention to them uh, back and forth uh, tonight as we go through the show, um, I, I have uh hope that we may get a call from my podcasting partner from life 
Derek Russell. He's been in a series of meetings uh, this whole week and will be for a few days where he's having to travel back and forth out of town uh, from his home to the town where these things are going on. So he may not be here, uh, but you'll get to know him soon enough. I'm saying all this for all of you who may be new to the Geek Out Loud audience. And let me just let you know that I do call, and I mean with all my heart, that uh, the Geek Out Loud listening audience is the greatest podcasting podcast. I haven't said it in so long, and I should be ashamed for that. It's the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe. And uh, I don't have fans, I have listeners, and I'm so glad to have every single one of you who listen to this show, download it via iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Uh, so you can check us out there on Stitcher. You can check us out at Shot Glass Digital uh, Radio. And there we go, man. I mean, I, it is it is an amazing thing. When I first started this whole deal, I started Geek Out Loud as a knee-jerk reaction to all the negativity that I'd see online about things. I love the Phantom Menace. I'm a fan of uh, the Star Wars prequels. I really, really, really enjoy them because I enjoy Star Wars. And I'm a Lucas, uh, I'm not a Lucas apologist. Wrestling fans would say I'm a Lucas Mark, a George Lucas Mark. But it, whatever he does, I'm like, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. You're talking about, uh, they say, well, what about Howard the Duck? Oh, Howard the Duck's funny. Howard the Duck's great. What are you talking about? It's fun. Howard the Duck's fun. Who has a problem with Howard the Duck? I don't know why I'm talking so high, but I'm just saying I don't have a problem with Howard the Duck. Gosh. People say, what about Jar Jar Binks? I'm like, Mesa loves some Jar Jar Binks. Who doesn't love a Jar Jar Binks? I mean, come on. That scene in The Phantom Menace when uh, he's working there on the on the, uh, <laughs> on the the pod racer and he's got like the little sonic screwdriver thing and he drops it and he gets his hand stuck in the turbine. And what had happened, what had happened was as he bends over to pick it up, he gets his mouth in the old binders and Anakin had just said your hand will go your hand will go numb for a month and uh and he's like uh <laughs> he's like um my tongue it's fat and then he gets his hand stuck and he's like and there's just a point where he just is exasperated and he's like my tongue is fat <laughs> and it's hilarious um so anyhow that's I see people just they were it really what it came down to was X-Men 3 now let's talk about x-men 3 for like all of 30 seconds it had huge huge problems huge huge issues they tried to do too much with they didn't have the vision that singer and crew had when he was there but at the end of the day i came away thinking i'm not really married to the whole x-men thing i like them okay i'm a marvel kid from way back don't have a problem i have a problem with the way they tried to tell too much story but i didn't have a problem with the movie per se it was okay um, but I just saw people just saying like hateful, hateful, hateful things. And I'm like, let's stop. Let's just stop. Let's stop it. Stop it now. And, and I just decided let's do something fun. So I started as a blog, geekoutonline.com. And quite frankly, I enjoy talking more than I enjoy writing. So, uh, that morphed into the podcast, Geek Out Loud, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. And uh, and that morphed into Geek Out Loud, uh, your safe place to geek out, unless it's Star Trek and Twilight and the occasional Wheaton Project. Um, in fact, I, you know what? I need to add that to snippets. I need to add uh, Joss Whedon to the snippets, and it has been done. So uh, we'll, what's a snippet, you might say? I'll tell you what a snippet is as we get there, as we roll along. One thing that has always been... Uh, a huge part of um, of Geek Out Loud, though, uh, is 
the listeners, the listener emails. So, without further ado, um, let's uh, let's jump into some email. Alright, our first email on this episode comes from Jonathan Bell. Jonathan says, Hey guys, love your show. First off, I found your points about Batman being a crutch very interesting. I'm surprised how few people have brought it up. Now, what he's referring to is a conversation that Derek and I had uh, in the aftermath of the Comic-Con news that the Superman sequel, Man of Steel sequel, would be Batman and Superman. Some people are saying Batman versus Superman. I don't want to see Batman and Superman fight. I want to see that, of course, you know, that's the Marvel way you do things. You have them kind of fight, and they come to their mutual understanding, and they get along, and they save the day. And that's probably what they're going to do. But, you know, my thing is, I don't want to see, I want to see them work together. Let them have some tension, sure. That's always made for a great uh, situation with those two, uh, especially like in the Grant Morrison JLA run. If you've not read Grant Morrison's Justice League run, JLA from the 90s, it's definitely worth your time to pick up, especially the first few story arcs that he did. Um, and their, and their tension there was so good. And then Jeff Loeb completely, to me, in my opinion, some of the best comic books I've ever read were Jeff Loeb's Superman Batman run, uh, especially the first story arc that was adapted to Warner Brothers animation called Public Enemies. And, um, but these guys, you know, Derek and I talked about this fact. We you know, I, it bothers me as, and I, listen, my butt will be squeezed into a theater seat to see Batman versus Superman. If the Lord willing and the creek don't rise, that's where I'll be. I'll be sitting there watching and just soaking it all in. And, you know, hopefully when I walk out, I'll be singing now. I had the time of my life. No, I never felt this way before. And I swear it's the truth. And I owe it all to Superman. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we said, you know, the idea to me is, is they didn't, I feel like they don't trust the character of Superman enough to give him his own sequel. That they feel like they've got to bring Batman in to this, to, to, I don't know, to make it more successful, to make it more appealing to people. And maybe it was part of a bigger plan. I don't know. I don't know what the behind-the-scenes idea was. Uh, but I do I do think it's I do think it's a calculated move to try to be like, you know, we really need to make more people interested in Superman. Let's throw Batman in there. And this, But the truth of the matter is, this is something we've wanted for years and years and years and years. Jonathan goes on to say, first off, I found your points about Batman being a crutch very interesting. I'm surprised how few people have brought it up. I've already read that. Sorry. And he says, lately I've been thinking about the Batsuit. I was thinking it could be similar to General Zod's. The Batsuit would have armor like in previous movie incarnations. Wouldn't help against Superman. But it would instead be like Superman's new suit. He would also have a battle suit like Zod's, which he would use to fight Superman. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, we've seen... You know, Adam West, back in the Adam West days uh, of Batman, they did the tights kind of thing. They did that sort of thing. There was a, a, a fan-made movie. Jeez, um, it's been six, seven years ago now, maybe even longer than that, uh, with Batman fighting. He's chasing the Joker. The Joker gets snatched up by maybe a Predator, and Batman fights a Predator, and then at the end he turns around to just see 
a whole um, slew. That's right, a whole slew of aliens coming in. I can't remember what it's called. What what was it called? Someone help me out in the chat. Um, anyhow, that dude had the tights kind of thing going. Had an awesome cape. There was a great shot of him landing the cape just spread out behind him. Very comic booky. They really went with like a comic book feel to his suit. Uh, Adam West had the tights, uh, Adam West, and, and of course, Burt Ward as Robin had, had, had the tights thing going on. It was Batman Dead End. Thank you, Doc Zen, in the chat. Um, check it out. If you've not seen Batman Dead End, stop what you're doing right now. If you're listening, not listening live, if you're listening on the, on the recorded podcast, stop what you're doing, go watch it. It's really worth your time. Um, and then with the 1989 Tim Burton's Batman, of course, he had kind of that, uh, that rubber, that, suit that that the molded suit the molded rubber plastic suit and then of course what we got with uh nolan's batman the armor kind of situation which all worked it it worked great and you know for each of those incarnations it worked really well i'd like to see them do something kind of like the superman suit though i'd like to see batman more of course i don't know with with we'll talk about affleck in a few minutes. And so, you know, at this point, it's like, well, who would be playing it? I don't know. And I don't know that anyone will ever do Batman straight up in a movie incarnation like that in the tights. I think that it's always going to be, he's always going to be kind of outfitted for urban warfare. And I totally get that. And, and I'm okay with that. Um, here's what I think is interesting about what went down in the Man of Steel. There are some people, among them, my good friend Kim, uh, who has said that Batman, or I'm, I'm sorry, rather, Superman and Zod's last little battle took place on top of LexCorp, which I don't, I, I don't see that. I, I didn't see that, and I, and I never got that. But the idea also is that, that that's there is this, that Zod dropped his armor and just left it laying there as he and Superman went in their final battle. What if uh, that armor gets picked up by some, I don't know, genius billionaire, uh, mad scientist type character, who decides to take it and develop his own set of power armor? What? I mean, <laughs> paint it green and purple. Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, that's what I would love to see. Um, you know, I, I haven't even given much thought though to what the bat suit will look like because at the end of the day, it's going to be a cape and a cowl. You know, he'll have the pointy ears up top, and 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 the other stuff has never really, you know, affected me one way or the other. I, I get the whole urban war- warfare kind of thing. Uh, Jonathan goes on to say, I hope you talk about Celebration 2 as well as the Wolverine. I've not seen the Wolverine. Um, Celebration Europe 2 was, uh, there was some stuff that came out there, but not a lot of stuff about the future of Star Wars other than a few things with Rebels, and we've talked about that already before. He said, I really enjoyed the movie talking about the Wolverine, though I seem to be in the minority. While it may not have been as action-packed as previous X-Men films, I don't think that was the point of the movie. I really enjoyed the characters. From what I understand, and, and again, I've not seen it, that the Wolverine was a lot better than X-Men Origins Wolverine, uh, which I didn't really have a big problem with like everyone else did. But again, that goes to my connection to those characters. Um, I, though I grew up a Marvel kid, I was never a huge X-Men fan. In fact, the X-Men got on my nerves as a, as a kid growing up collecting comics because everyone was into them. And I've never been like a, a hipster who's like, oh, I've got to like stuff that everyone else doesn't like. I've never been that. But whenever I read the X-Men stuff, it was just so... It, I like just flat out superhero, good guy versus bad guy, you know, save the world and be done with. That's what I like. And and with the X-Men growing up and reading comics and looking for comics like that, I never got that. It was always some story, you know, and of course the mutants were hated. And I'm like... 
And that never made sense to me. I understand what they were doing, but it never made sense to me that the mutants were hated, but superheroes were revered just because they got their superpowers some other way than the mutants did. And and I just look, I'm like, that never made sense to me. I'd want to be a mutant, you know? Uh, not the blob, please. I'm already there. Uh, but <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I'm a big guy, but I'm single, ladies. Uh, so, um, so I don't know. I've not seen the Wolverine. It's just, it, it, it hasn't been a priority. I've had to really prioritize my movie viewings this summer and, and make sure that I have the money and, and it's something that I really want to see. So, uh, but Jonathan, thanks so much. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some stuff from, you know, over the course, I don't even know that there's a script yet. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, as things begin to roll out concept art and in that sort of thing, I'm, I'm really, um, interested to see what happens uh, and what it's and what the looks are going to be. Um, moving on through the inbox, uh, this comes from R.H. Ron. He says, "Hey, Steve Riley and Bethany." He actually sent this also to the Star Wars Report. Uh, this is Ron, aka Twelve MG Twelve, on the Twitter. I'm not sure, but I think Steve was mockingly referring to me, and we've talked about this uh, when you guys were talking about the initial disappointment with Disney when The Clone Wars was canceled. I believe that I tweeted that Steve was being unreasonably negative at the time, uh, and he said he didn't have the whiny voice I used to imitate him. Well, yeah, I did. Yeah, you do. Um, he, uh, wait, we talked, who did I talk, oh, I talked about this with Michael Cohen. I'm sorry. Let's not rehash anything that's already been hashed. Embarrassment on my part. Uh, Wade writes in, just wanted to give a big thanks for the Mark Out Loud portion of the feed for years. I never really had a buddy to talk wrestling with until you started the show. Uh, of course, I'm not talking it with you, but the discussion really brings me in. I only wish to hear it on a more regular basis, but I know you have a life outside of recording and appreciate what you give. I actually just finished watching SummerSlam. Hope to hear your thoughts on the outcome of the show and the fallout on the following Raw. Um, <clears throat> that's more for Mark Out Loud. I just want to say for those of you who may be interested in wrestling... Part of what we do here at Geek Out Loud is a, is a cast called Mark Out Loud. Now, it, it, it's going to have, once we get a few more episodes in the can, it's going to have its own feed where you can find it on iTunes, all by itself. But in this Geek Out Loud catch-all feed, it'll be there as well. We talk wrestling with my friend, uh, my good buddy Dave, uh, my cousin uh, Kevin has been on, and, uh, and we talk about what we love and what we're enjoying right now. And I'm a little bit behind as far as the wrestling goes, so... Uh, uh, but I did see SummerSlam, and, and Dave and I, as soon as we can, we'll, we'll talk about that. For those of you who know Dave or know who Dave is, please keep he and his dad in your prayers. His dad's dealing, uh, is battling uh, some illness right now, major, major way. I don't want to say too much. I don't know what Dave would be comfortable with me saying on, on the podcast, but Dave's having to step up and really take care of his dad. So if you guys could you know remember him in your prayers, that'd be great as as Dave deals with that, and, and hopefully he'll be back to mark out soon. Uh, Wendy Cooper writes in dear steve i love your shows the end well thank you wendy i i love that you love i love that you love the shows uh then she goes she fooled me she says okay not the end what you fooled me wendy you're such a trickster i've put off sending you a note for a year now because i was afraid of sounding too creepy listen ladies let me just say this you can send a note anytime um, but I think Wendy's married. So, Wendy, yeah, I appreciate you holding off. Uh, I hear you get creepy emails all the time, so I figured I could send mine in, too. I heard you initially on the Forcecast a long time ago. Actually, I can't remember how long ago. Well, it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Then, uh, last year, you wanted to promote the celebration of worship, but before you even started on that, we're just talking stuff, I thought to myself, you must be a minister of some kind. That's because I had this preacher voice. 
I mean, you know, I start talking and everyone's just like, well, he must be a preacher. Listen to him. Listen up. Um, Wendy said she was raised in church and still attend regularly. And she goes on to say, I don't want to read too much of this because it does get uh, kind of personal, uh, I think, at some point. But let's get into what she has to say. Um, she says she's a big fan. No, you're not. You're a listener. Uh, she loves the thoughts on Star Wars. Usually end up talking to the computer phone when she agrees or disagrees. Not a prequel hater, so I'm happy that uh, so she's happy I'm not either. She goes on to say, I have some issues, especially with episode two, but I don't hate it. I, you know, I have issues with episode two as well. And I've, I've made those clear on past episodes of the show. I think that episode two, though it has some amazing action, amazing, amazing action um, at, at the end, the, the battle... Um, of Geonosis is just phenomenal. And then when Yoda whips out that lightsaber, I just love it. I do, I do, I do. But the story to me is the weakest of them all because I think that, um, if, I, if I may be a little critical of George, I don't think the love story plays as well as they hope it would. And I also hope, and I also think that the mystery they try to throw in to episode two, the mystery they try to throw into Attack of the Clones, doesn't work as well as some of the mystery we get from the original trilogy because the mystery that we always got from the original trilogy were just things that were there. They weren't really, the, the light wasn't necessarily shown on them. They just, they were just there. And and so I think that that happens in episode two. You get a, you get a huge light shown on the mystery of... Uh, you get a huge light shown on the on the mystery of this whole Sifo-Dyas thing, and you nothing's ever really resolved at all. I mean, you're left to kind of well, what happened there. What happened? And on one hand, that's okay, but on the other hand, um, you know, it, it's I don't know. It was frustrating to me. She says she doesn't like the way Padme is portrayed in Episode Two. I don't know. I didn't have a problem with that. Uh, the originals are her faves, or my faves, she says. She goes on to say, and I love Empire the best. I saw them all the first time around in the theaters, so that may give you an idea of how terribly old I am. And then she goes on to say, I was 10 the summer of 77. Well, I know how old you are now. Uh, she says, my choice of music makes me laugh only because it's the soundtrack of my teenage years. Some of it has been on my playlist, and some I don't because I'm mostly sick of it. I just can't take any more. Sorry, Steve, but Zeppelin will never be on my playlist because I just don't care for them. take a moment and uh, just mourn for Wendy. She says, maybe it's because I've been told for decades that I must love them. I, I don't know. It's not because I don't like rock and roll. I love rock mostly. Uh, and I like it on the chunky side. Um, I, you know what? I guess I can see that. I, I don't, well, I don't understand it, but I understand being told that you should love them for decades. It's, it's, the, way, it's the way that I've come at the Beatles. Um, she goes on and says, love Doctor Who. Uh, haven't seen Man of Steel yet. Just wasn't on my radar. I don't dislike him, but it doesn't spin my gears. You'll see it on DVD though, because you've talked me in. You've talked all right. You've talked me into it. Uh, love Henry Cavill. He was on the Tudors. There's a scene where Henry is standing on a bluff, and the wind is blowing in his hair, and it struck me that he really does look like a Superman. He does look like a Superman. He is amazing. Uh, she goes on to say, I just don't do wrestling, but your talk about wrestling entertains me as well. We used to watch it a long time ago. My mother-in-law would laugh at her with her. She's this little Japanese lady, and she'd get so into it. I have picked up recently uh, the Mid-South Wrestling Blu-ray. Uh, Mid-South was a promotion down in Louisiana and Mississippi um, in that area, and uh, they would later become the UWF. As, as the WWF began to grow and get big back in the 80s, um, <clears throat> As as the WWF began to grow, Bill Watts, who was uh, the the head of 
Mid-South Wrestling decided to be the UWF to try to do the same thing and expand and grow and that sort of had great talent and we used to watch it in in Georgia and so when I heard this was coming I'm like yes and so we picked it up and there are a few matches where literally there's a row like one or two rows back from the ring there is a, a full row of just old ladies just having the time of their life and the thing is, I've been to wrestling shows before. I've I've seen those kind of things. You know, I, I've seen them live. I've done this. And I've always heard about these little old ladies. And I never really saw any when I was there. But Mylanta, they are out in full force cheering for the Junkyard Dog, booing the Midnight Express. They are, it is hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, even though you haven't asked, I'll answer your questions three. This comes from, uh, know what I'm saying. Uh, favorite cartoon character is Darkwing Duck. He's got cool gadgets and he's clumsy and, and he thinks he's much cooler than he really is. Kind of sums up my life, but without the cool gadgets. I love, love, love Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck, when he would show up for the bag, as I always loved the stuff he had to say, I am the terror that flaps in the night. And then he would add something else, and he was, I am Darkwing Duck. Uh, he would add, between I'm Darkwing Duck and I'm the terror that flaps the night, he would say awesome stuff like, I'm the surprise in your cereal box. <laughs> Is that awesome? Is that awesome? I am the gum that sticks to your shoe. One of the best ones I ever heard him say was, I'm the chill that runs up your spine. Oh, my Lanta. You better believe it. You better believe it. Um... The favorite Muppet is Animal. He's a drummer. I used to be a drummer, and, well, it's Animal, right? Woman! 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 Love Animal. Uh, of course, my favorite Muppet tends to be Gonzo. That's the first one I say, and that reminds me I need to add something to the snippets. Um, sorry. There we go. Uh, adding to the snippets. It, well, do it live! Jack Jack Black says no drums. <laughs> um yeah, she used to be a drummer. Loves Animal. I lost my place. Uh, number three, favorite superhero is Captain America because he had the heart of a hero before he had the tools. The juice just made him better. At least that's what she got from the movie. The comics may have told a different story. I don't know. Never did the comics. I lived in rural Arizona all my young life, and they just weren't that readily available. I totally understand that. Uh, you know, the movie stays fairly close to the the comic book origin as far as him being chosen, uh, recruited for this uh, secret program. And the one man who had uh, the the wherewithal to continue it was killed by a Nazi spy. So it you know it, it follows pretty closely. Um, yeah, he it's and that's definitely the case. That's one of the things that I like about Captain America. Captain America to me is uh, Marvel Superman. The difference is he just doesn't have the same powers and abilities that Superman does. But morally, I think they're right there on the same page. And it doesn't have any... And what's funny is Captain America has transcended simple American patriotism to just being a man of values and character and morality. And, uh, and you know, and they've, they've turned him into a bit of a spy in the, in the comics now. Things are a little bit different. They've tried to make him a little edgier, but... I like just dyed-in-the-wool, good old-fashioned American Captain America, uh, just because I think that's something... We, we, we kind of scoff and we laugh at that nowadays, the whole idea of the Boy Scout-type character, the, you know, the good guy character that you know, is just super good. We, we kind of we turn to that as though, it's, as though it's an albatross for someone to wear around their neck. Look at me making literary illusions. Uh, but at the end of the day, 
I think, you know, well, Coulson says it. I think we need a little bit old-fashioned. I think we need a little bit of that um, that mentality anymore in our heroes and the people we look up to. So, uh, yeah, Captain America is a great favorite one. So, um, And that comes from Wendy Cooper in Las Vegas, Nevada. And it is pronounced Nevada, as we heard one time on the old um, Big Honkin' Show. Eric Young writes... Hello, I've always listened to the Forcecast and enjoyed Steve whenever he showed up. Uh, then I was told about Smallville and have been listening to him there. Your mentions, uh, you mentioned Geek Out Loud, and now I've found this podcast. It says, Steve is funny and great to listen to. Well, th- uh, Eric, I appreciate that. Uh, Eric's a pastor, Pastor Eric Young. Um, if you're listening, let me encourage you to check out 521podcast.com. That's uh, where I, that's right, I'm doing some shameless self-promotion. I'm d- everyone, calm down. I'm doing shameless self-promotion. What else is new? Whenever I ever not done shameless self-promotion? Come on. Uh, check out 521podcast.com and, and, and you can find out about the ministry that I'm trying to get going over there. Uh, Jacob. Jacob Kajanski. Jacob Kajanski says, Hi, Steve. My name's Jake. I'm from Chicago. Oh, my Atlanta. He is from Chicago. And I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I recently stumbled upon Geek Out Loud Radio and know what I'm saying after listening to you on Rebel Force Radio. I love RFR, and hearing you there really cranks it up a notch. Well, thank you. The comedy, the insight, it's all there. I know you've been featured on the show many times. Well, yeah, not many. And it wasn't until recently that I was re-listening to the episode where you co-host with Jimmy Mack that I realized I must check out Geek Out Loud. Not knowing where to start, I decided to play Russian Roulette and clicked on a random episode which happened to be Speak When Spoken To. Yourself and Derek had me dying of laughter. I immediately wanted more. Uh, the new show, Know What I'm Saying is Hilarious. I'm looking forward to listening to anything you guys put out. All I ask is you bring Bob Dylan back. Heck, Chris, Crispin Glover can come back too. Hey, just mowing your lawn. Driving around on this uh, lawnmower. The inside jokes and the comedy style you guys provide is original. Thank you, uh, Jacob. It is homegrown. I can relate to your conversations easily because they're the kind of shenanigans my friends and I get ourselves into. Really enjoy your company on the way to school and work and uh, thought you should know you do a great job of entertaining folk who share similar interests. May the force be with you. R2, Jake2. And uh, as Derek told me when I forwarded him this email so he could see it, he said, I think that's R2-D2's redneck cousin. So, <laughs> um, oh, and that's, I wish, I, I wish, um, Derek was around. I wish he was here because we would go into the Bob Dylan and Christmas. Hey, hey, you. Um, <laughs> doing a podcast alone. Derek, nowhere to be found. Sean Phillips reporting on a hurricane in the middle of the lost and found. Uh, that's Bob Dylan, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Bob, for stopping by. I don't really know what I'm saying because I just make up words as they flow. Now it's time for ice cream. Off to the beach I go. Okay, Bob. See ya. Uh, See ya, Bob. (laughs) And uh, finally, this comes from Jared. Uh, Jared says, Howdy, Steve. I enjoyed your recent conversation about The Last Starfighter. That's one of the interesting things to me about you guys that listen and when you email in and what captures your imaginations and the conversations we had, uh, Michael Cohen and I spent a long time talking Disney, talking uh, John Carter of Mars, and, and other things. And for two or three minutes, we, we talked about The Last Starfighter. And he said, I've not seen this movie since it first came out on video at my dad's video rental store in the mid-80s. Oh, my Lanta. What a life to live. 
live. Gee whiz, guys. I just, hey, the Southern just came out. What a life to live, y'all. Uh, as we as we roll along and we're living in a video rental store. I mean, that sounds like the beginning of a sitcom, by the way. <clears throat> yeah, we live in a video rental store, and it's a it's just a it's an important, it's an incredible, it's a fun life to live. I'm just gonna live it and live it well. Uh, <laughs> sorry, what an amazing life to live growing up in a video store in the mid '80s. I'm sorry, that's cool. I would have loved video stores. For those of you who don't know, this was before and before the days of like Blockbuster and uh, and Hollywood Video. Now, of course, Netflix and Redbox, Netflix, 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 and Redbox. Um, back when it was mom and pop video stores, those could be some of the coolest slash skeeviest places you have ever seen in your life. You would walk in and there'd be this world of wonder as shelf after shelf after shelf after shelf just had these videotapes there, the videotape cases. And, uh, and you would just imagine, what is this movie about? What is this? You know, that's how I found out about Ultraman. Um, that's where I watched, uh, that's where we got One Crazy Summer, which is a great movie from the 80s. Uh, John Cusack, Demi Moore, uh, Bobcat Goldwaith. It's a, if you've not seen One Crazy Summer, go rent it now. Go find it. It is awesome. Um, so, but anyhow, video stores, you know, you'd go in and uh, they were amazing. It was just, but they could also be really scary and really skeevy, depending on who, who was running it, you know. Um, and, th- and then and here in our town, there was a store that literally they would rent videos, and sometimes it was movies they had recorded off of like HBO. So you got the movie, but there may be another movie after it. I, I'm, Ernest, goes, Ernest Saves Christmas we rented from this place, and after Ernest Saves Christmas, there was uh, Three Fugitives. With Martin Short, and I want to say Nick Nolte maybe was in that, in Some Little Girl. Um, it was it was crazy. It was wild. Uh, and video games came along, and you could rent video games in these places. Sometimes there was a distinct smell to video rental places too, like in not a bad way, not in a bad way, but just all the cardboard, all the plastic from the videotapes, all the plastic from the cases they would use, just kind of all came together. Uh, and whatever, I guess, they air conditioned it or however they kept the place climate controlled, if at all, you know, it all just, usually the, um, usually the, uh, the, the place would be carpeted. And so there might be something in the carpet for a while. It's just, uh, skeevy. I mean, I, the, the one I'm thinking of in particular was in this little block building, uh, cement block building behind a factory here in town. And it was just skeevy, but the people were super nice. So, you know. Um, video stores. Anyhow, his dad used to run a video store. That'd been awesome. Uh, I stumbled across, derailed by the way by Jared. One sentence. I stumbled across it in the cheap Blu-ray bin at the local Walmart yesterday. Picked it up and watched it last night. I'd forgotten most of what the movie was about. I realized that over the years I'd somehow confused this movie in my mind with a mashup between Starman and Enemy Mine, which had a very similar-looking green alien creature to Alex's co-pilot in the last Starfighter. It does. Um. What's the guy's name? Help me out, chat. It's Dennis Quaid, and who plays his... Uh, yes, yeah, skeevy is a word, by the way. Um, <clears throat> who plays who plays the alien? Louis Gossett Jr., right? Is it Louis Gossett Jr. in Enemy Mine? Um, it's Dennis Quaid, Louis Gossett Jr. playing alien, and they do. He looks a lot like 
uh, the alien that trains the kid in the last starfighter. They really, he, he, it really is a similar makeup job. Um, it's definitely an 80s movie. He said, I thoroughly enjoyed The Last Starfighter. It's definitely an 80s movie and a bit cheesy at times. It's because it's an 80s movie. But it grabbed my heart and my imagination and took me back to the time I first watched it as a six or seven year old. It definitely needs a sequel. I would love, love, love a sequel to The Last Starfighter. On another note, if you start a new podcast concerning movies that maybe weren't so popular, didn't do so well at the box office, consider discussing Sky Captain the World of Tomorrow. It's a movie which performed poorly, but I enjoyed it. I love the look of the movie and hope for a sequel or two, though I'm certain that will never happen. Sky Captain the World of Tomorrow, I've never seen. It's been on my Netflix queue for a while. It's not on Instant Watch anymore, I don't think, but I always wanted to kind of see it because it had this weird paintbrush look to it. I, I, like the, I like the stylized look that it had, and it looked like it could be interesting, but I never... Never saw it. Anyway, take care, Steve. I enjoy all of your podcasts. It was great to hear your parody song, Mandalore Rain, on the Forcecast a few years ago. Uh, the idea for Mandalore Rain parody came from me uh, when I was painting one day in my former home in New Orleans, Nolens, and I then passed the idea on to Jimmy and Jason, who turned it into the contest that it became The Rest is History. And I placed second in that contest. Good times uh, there um, on, uh, on the old... Uh, <laughs> People are talking in the chat about what would the uh, what what would the video what would the sequel to the last Starfighter um, be called uh, the next to last Starfighter um, the last last Starfighter the next last Starfighter uh, <laughs> um, yeah the the we were wrong this is actually the last Starfighter Starfighter uh, the last Starfighter rides again. Uh, the Last Starfighter Fights Again. Um, the Last Starfighter 2, Electric Boogaloo, is always a good one. The Last Starfighter 2, The Revenge of That Creepy Android that they replaced him with. Um, if you've not seen The Last Starfighter and you love 80s movies, go see it. Go see it. Return of The Last Starfighter. The penultimate, the, the, the pre-anti-penultimate Starfighter. Oh, The Last Starfighter Rises. Starfighter, the new batch. Ooh, yeah. The Gremlins 2 reference. What was that, by the way? Ooh, yeah. What? Who was that guy that just sat down in my chair and said, Ooh, yeah. Huh. The last Starfighter. For real this time. <laughs> Starfighter 2, the quickening. The last Starfighter versus Predator. Uh, the last Starfighter versus Alien versus Predator. Requiem. Uh, so, yeah, so a lot of... The for legal reason, not last Starfighter. The for financial reasons, not last Starfighter. Um, good good suggestions all coming from the old live chat. So that's our emails. I want to thank everyone for emailing. You can email us at geekoutonline, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Uh, that's, that's where we've been for all this time, geekoutonline at gmail.com. I should probably get a different different email than geekoutonline at gmail.com but it's always been that you could listen back to all the shows uh in the in the in the uh, in the archives and you'll see that it's always been geekoutonline at gmail.com so shoot us an email what's on your mind what have you been geeking out about um you know I, i'm not looking necessarily for pats on the back and that sort of thing just just stuff to talk about on the show so give us a holler last starfighter island jimmy and georgia says tron <laughs> <laughs> I think they should do a Tron Last Starfighter matchup. That's what I think. So, um, that's what I think. Uh, the Last Starfighter Strikes Back, The Last Starfighter Rises, The Last Starfighter Into Darkness. That's all good ones. The Real Housewives of The Last Starfighter. <laughs> okay, all right. 
we'll roll with it. We'll roll with it. Um, <clears throat> now, if you if you were around at the live show, maybe I should play this again. A couple of weeks back, a few weeks back, and I can't get enough of it. Um, a good friend of the show, Ben Foster, sent in a song that he wrote about Geek Out Loud for Geek Out Loud. And as you go through the song and you kind of get it stuck in your head, um, they hit a bridge. And, and the bridge is amazing because the bridge tells you what's actually about to happen here on the show. The bridge explains part of the show to you uh, in a way that only music can. Um, it, it, it's the snippet part of the show. So, um... Here it is. Anyhow, uh, yeah, so snippet time here on the old Big Honkin' Show. But wait, no, it's Geek Out Loud. It's, it's, it's snippet time. So, snippet. Wait a minute. Snippet. There we go. Look at that. Got me a soundboard, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, snippet. Uh, iOS 7 dropped yesterday. If you want to talk tech, if you're an iPhone user, Mac user, iOS 7 dropped yesterday. And, um... I gotta be honest with you, don't really care. I mean, it's cool, there's some neat things. Still hadn't figured out how to turn the flashlight on. They say everyone's supposed to have a flashlight now. Um, I don't I don't see a flashlight here on my on, on my stuff. There's no flashlight. It's just uh, the same old, same old. So, I don't know. I don't know what that's supposed to do. So, iOS 7. Um, <clears throat> took a long time for a lot of people to download. Uh, Apple servers apparently struggled to get it out to folks as they were trying to do it. They tried to do a whole thing where they were rolling out um, rolling out uh, via time zone when they'd let people actually get it, but that still apparently gummed up their system. I didn't stress about it. I just kind of, you know, because it, what, it didn't mean that much uh, for me. Flick your finger from the bottom up. I did. And the flashlight is on the bottom left. Bottom up. Bottom up. Oh, look. Oh, my Atlanta. Well, what is this little screen? What is... I'm sorry. This is Steve discovering iOS 7. Oh, my Atlanta. It's a flashlight. Well, look at there. Well, what does that right there do? Oh, that opens up the, the clock. Okay, the timer. Well, gee whiz. There's the calculator. There's the camera. There's the music thingy. There's the brightness. Oh, all those little things. Huh. Well, look at there. Here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> uh, that's the control panel, Steve. <laughs> uh, here's the... <laughs> Steve, this is what... Uh, this. Yeah, I'm geeking out about iOS 7 because I've turned, I have learned how to turn on the flashlight. On, off, on, off, on, off. Um, 
here's my problem with iOS 7 is that I don't I don't like the look of the icons now. It looks too much like a Samsung Galaxy or some type of Droid thing. I, I like the look and feel of Apple's icons and stuff before. They they had a more of a depth to them. I don't really like the way the the text messaging and stuff looks. It's too flat. It's it, it's it's too flat for my taste. I like the little bit of texture that things seem to do. Uh, iTunes Radio is around uh, now. It's a it's people are saying it's better than Pandora, greater than Pandora. I wonder if there's anyone that could talk iOS 7 with me. I don't care. I don't, you know, I'm just saying, here's the point. iOS 7's out. I don't really care. I, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not really into, too kitty looking. Yeah, Wu said it best in the chat. It's too kitty looking. I don't think it's even that it's childly, but I did think preschool. I really did. Especially with the messages. I was like, look at those things. It looks like something someone would cut out and post on a preschool bulletin board. So, yeah. Um, not, and I'm not being negative about it. I just know it was a big deal for a lot of us geeks, and a lot of people uh, were all about it. And uh, and so, there you go. Uh, snippet! I haven't seen Star Trek Into Darkness yet. I missed it while I was in theaters. Uh, I, I wasn't able to get there to it. And, um, unfortunately, uh, I haven't seen it yet. So, I know it's on video, and apparently it's really pretty decent it's pretty good but i want I, I bring that up to say this can we stop and maybe i've said this before can we stop saying if you want to see what jj abrams is going to do with star wars watch star trek i just he did he star wars up star trek maybe a little bit sure but that but he understands they're two different franchises with two different ideas behind them so i i, I just yeah you know just stop just stop but i haven't seen star trek into darkness when i do see it i'll let you know we'll talk about it we'll chit chat We'll do it on a safe place to geek out loud. Snip it! Um, the new Doctor. Uh, Doctor Who, uh, Matt Smith, is going to be stepping away as Doctor, as the Doctor coming up soon. And, um, and, uh, and, and you know what? Stop. Let, time out. I, I need a buzzer. Time out. Colin mentions in the chat, hope you don't want extras, and he's talking about Star Trek Into Darkness. Can we just call foul on Paramount? I don't know what your deal is, Paramount, but the worst idea in the world is to take different special features and put them on different versions that are going exclusively to different stores. You, that, is, that is dumb. That is not thinking outside the box. That is not smart marketing. That is dumb. What you do, if you want to have something that is... Uh, that that is exclusive you pack something in like a comic or like a like a gift set or 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 like a special cover or or you know something i don't know but not the special features not the special features um i just don't i don't know uh, yeah 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 kind of ticks me off. Anyhow, back to our regularly scheduled snippet. Matt Smith stepping down as the doctor. We're going to get a new doctor. I can't think of the guy's name. Quick, chat. Who is it? 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 Um, anyhow, he actually played a, a World Health Organization doctor in uh, World War Z, and it's funny because he's listed in the credits as the WHO doctor, uh, the WHO being the acronym for the World Health Organization. And... Um, 
And he's going to be stepping in to play the doctor. He's a little bit older. Peter Capaldi. Thank you, blessed cheesemaker in the chat. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> and and I, I don't, I'm not familiar with him. I, I'm interested. I, it's always a rough transition from doctor to doctor. Uh, I'm interested to see. This guy seems to be a bit older. I'm interested. He's 55, so I'm interested to see what they do with him and what he brings to the table as a doctor. After we've had a young doctor in, you know, in, in David Tennant and Matt Smith, where there's been opportunity for maybe there to be some idea of a, of a love uh, connection between the doctor and the companion. Um, and I'm, I'm really interested to see what, uh, what this guy brings to the table. Um, in that situation, we've got to get through the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who before that. And as well, we've got to go through the John Hurt stuff. Uh, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. All right. If you don't want spoilers for Doctor Who uh, from that, that's already aired, that is that is already aired, um, then stop for about three minutes. At the end of the, the season finale of Doctor Who, um, John Hurt shows up in in doc in the doctor's conscious or or whatever I don't I don't know what they were doing in his mind and his in his time stream and and Clara oh my Lanta the Clara storyline was really cool um, the way they did her and, and the way that she kind of played into things and how she was already how she was all over the place uh, several times in the doctor's life um, and uh, and and so uh, at the end in the midst of him finding her i guess it was maybe it was in the tardis i don't i forget how it was but um there's a doctor and he turns around and it says introducing john hurt as the doctor but matt smith the doctor seemed to not like this dude apparently we may we may get to kind of see what happened in the old uh time war and and what went down and the, and the decisions he made uh, to end that thing and, and the burden that he carries with him, which may play into him um, regenerating as an older person because it, it may be uh, it may be that you know he brings some of that wisdom and that weight back that that quite frankly Eccleston had. Eccleston did a great job in his turn as the doctor playing a bit of the uh, playing the lightheartedness when he had to, but also playing kind of the burdened, um, carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. And, uh, and, and that's, you know, and, and so maybe we'll be getting a little bit of that back. Um, I do love the line, what Matt Crowder, Amara's dad, is saying in the chat. He says, I did what I did in the name of peace. And then Matt Smith says, but you didn't do it in the name of the doctor. And uh, so, yeah, it's, I'm interested to see where they go with that. I, I, I hope it doesn't become a villain thing. I hope that we're able to get some sympathy for that character. And I'm hoping that we're able to see that he's not evil, but he did what he felt like he had to do. Obviously, he regrets it as he moves forward, but um, but it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. And of course, Tennant and Smith are going to be teaming up in an episode. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be really cool to see those guys doing. They've done this before, where the doctors kind of cross over their own timeline. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that take place down the road. And 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 listen, the best thing about the Doctor Who situation for the longest time, for the well, for the Matt Smith era, has been this. Wait. Oh, there we go. All the variations uh, that they've taken and done on this theme through uh, Matt Smith's stuff with um, 
Karen Gillan and Rory. I can't think of that actor's name. I'm sorry. That's disrespectful when you call an actor. Is that disrespectful when you call them by their character's name and not their name? I don't know. I don't mean any disrespect. I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, this 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 piece, and you know that Derek and I have loved it for years, and uh, and I dig, dig, dig this music, and, and all the variations they would do on it throughout um, were always really cool. course that's where we get the choosy mother bit from if everyone if you remember the choosy mother bit check out the old archives to to find out what that's all about i'm sorry it's rude i'm taking a sip of water i've been doing straight podcasting for three hours y'all just about well you know minus about half an hour's worth but still it's very tiring on the voice to continue to talk over and over again darth vader breathing darth vader breathing that's bane <laughs> I just pulled a Michael Scott. Um, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, oh, we have a guest in the house. That's kind of creepy. Um, moving on. Moving on. Uh, let me, I got to pull back up the soundboard. This is the coolest thing ever. Snippet. Uh, Duck Dynasty. Uh, I, I came under some fire a, a, few, a little while back with Brian Q. Miller and Derek over watching Duck Dynasty. And I got to tell you something. Um, there's not many reality shows or unscripted television shows that I get into. Uh, Duck Dynasty, I found myself really enjoying. And it's it's fun. You know, it's you expect it to be because every time that you think there is, you know, a show comes on about people in the South, um, you think they're just going to be made out to be stupid and, and, and you know, idiots and, and white trash. You know, these people are admittedly rednecks, but they're not white trash. They're not, like, sorry. Um, it is, and it is a funny, funny show. The first ever reality or non-scripted series I remember being funny was Robin Big on, uh, on, on, uh, on MTV. And those guys were a trip. Um... And and this is kind of in that same vein. It's uh, it, it's <laughs> Scott made in the chat says they're all scripted. My wife was on Jerry Springer. <laughs> um, but uh, it 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 it's definitely produced. And understand, they're being fed lines at times, but it's not scripted stuff. They're not memorizing lines and learning. You know, they're definitely situations being said. Anyone who understands TV understands that. Uh, but it is, it is funny. It is good stuff. And when you hear these guys talk outside of, uh, your wife was on Jerry Springer, Scott, that's Scott, you got to email me your number. We got to bring you in on the Skype right now to talk about your wife being on Jerry Springer. I will call you up and, and give you a spot on the show. If, if you're being dead serious right now, if you're messing with me, win play show, Scott, if you're messing with me, um, you know, get in touch. Uh, if you're not messing with me, I mean, get in touch and let me know. Cause I would, I'd love to hear about your wife being on, uh, on stuff. If you'll email, if you'll email me a number, I'll call you on the Skype right now. Um, so, uh, but if you're messing with me, you're banned from listening to the show. How about that? 
I do enjoy Duck Dynasty, though. It's funny. The, the, the old man Cy on the show in, reminds me of a good friend of mine here in town, a guy named Crevice that Derek says does not exist. But I call him Crevice. He calls me Crevice. His real name's Matt. And, uh, and, and the thing is, is you see that what they're doing on this show really is kind of letting some of the personalities come out. And when you see these guys in candid situations, whether it's interviews, like legit interviews with the media, or in times when they're speaking in front of a group of people, uh, you can see that you know th- their their personalities are coming out in this non scripted series. It's I've enjoyed it. If if you um, if you even if you don't really like reality television, this you you can definitely see when they're when they're putting on and when they're putting on a show and when they're being overproduced. The earlier seasons, of course, are a lot better about not looking overproduced than the later seasons. Because you know how the networks work. They get in, they get their little hands involved. The producers get their hands in. They're like, well, it should be this. It should be this. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, look, scripted means that they sit down, they write out a script, guys memorize their lines and stuff. Non-scripted means they sit in front of the camera and they say, all right, now walk in and say this. That's, I mean, that's the difference. Because if these guys are getting scripts and they're, and they're having to act, then they have to get paid as actors on TV. Um, instead they're just getting paid as personalities on TV. So, you know, um, I'm not saying that it's not produced and I think that's what you guys need to understand. It's just like wrestling's not fake. All right. Uh, but it is, there is a predetermined outcome. So, all right, here we go. Um, we're about to, uh, give our buddy Scott a call see how this works out for us this is this is a first we are well it's not a first we've done on the big honkin show before um let me uh get over here boom 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 one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve all right calling scott give him a call it's ringing need to turn him up a bit Turn him up a bit. Come on, Scott. Good evening, sir. Is this Scott? Yes, sir. All right, Scott, uh, hold on just a second. This is Steve, by the way. You're on Geek Out Loud, as you know. And uh, we are broadcasting live, and we are going to be recording this as a podcast and putting it out on the airway. So, real quick, Scott, snippet. Your wife was on Jerry Springer? Yes, sir. Tell us about it. What happened? How did she get uh, on there? It was before I met her, but uh, <laughs> apparently she was uh, she was dating some guy because uh, we live in Florida. Oh, oh! And, uh, say no the more. Preference of the sh- yeah, the preference of the show was uh, I want my cheating boyfriend back. Oh man! And uh, the boyfriend she had at the time did cheat on her, mm-hmm. and he called the show. But the girl he cheated on my wife with wouldn't go on the show, so he got his best friend to go with them. And uh, they flew him out to Chicago, gave him a script, told him what they had to say, and uh, they made him sign waivers stating that they'd get into a fight and that the security guard could rip their shirt open. Oh, wow. And uh, I've seen the episode because they taped it, and she is the worst actor I have ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I've never in my life. This is this is probably Scott. I want to thank you for one of the greatest moments ever on Geek Out Loud. Uh, <laughs> I, in college, I had buddies that w- they would literally stop what they were doing just to watch Springer, 
to see those people on there. So this was planned out with her and the ex-boyfriend? Like, yes, and a third party who had nothing to do with the relationship that was a surrogate for the person that was supposedly he was cheating on her with. And but she didn't want him back. They were were they still friends or were it was it was. A, oh no, she just wanted a free ship to Chicago okay. and to be on TV. That is hilarious. Your wife is one of uh, the greatest people ever. Somewhere in the house, we we have a binder. She's got an autographed picture from him. She's got a copy of the contract she had to sign, stating that she'd ripped the other girl's shirt open. Oh my! And uh, they gave them gift certificates to the uh, studio storm. The towel is someplace in the house because we're not allowed to use it. The- <laughs> so that you've got a Jerry Springer towel somewhere in the house. Yeah, she bought a towel at the studio store, and it's the the big towel we're not allowed to use because it's her Jerry Springer towel. So is this like a badge of honor for you guys? Uh, I don't think so. She was kind of proud of it, and then when she got older, she got a little more embarrassed of it. Yeah. Well, as happens but, with a lot of things in age, Scott. I mean, yeah, let's be but, honest. You, you get older, and you have your regrets, but gee whiz, that is hilarious. I, You know, I always knew that's one of those things, too. If... I've always said I'm I'm a big as you know I'm a wrestling fan and I've watched enough you know set up TV to know what's set up and what's not and um and with Springer I'm like there's no way this is real but it had to, I think it started from a real place don't you like uh, he is very genuine about wanting to when he says the whole thing about take care of each other at the end of the shows right he's genuine about that but. I mean, money talks, you know. There you go. There you go. Well, that's and that's what I'm saying is like he started out like Donahue or Geraldo or any of those guys, and then I think they said, well, hey, we had a fight on set and it really spiked the ratings. Um, oh yeah, the uh, the ball guy. He was uh, I think he was prosecuted for filling up too many people without them signing the waivers. Oh wow. Well, wasn't his name Steve? <laughs> I don't remember, sir. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> we should get him for Steve Con. <laughs> The Jerry Springer security guy. Well, Scott, you have enlightened us all, and and have made my night. You've you, this, as you know, we're officially joining up with uh, Shot Glass Digital Radio, and you've made this episode completely worth it. Now, I think that that listeners, new listeners, show will be like, well, if this is the kind of stuff that can happen, I'm in. Well, I appreciate it. Sir. All right, thanks, Scott. Have a great night, man. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, anytime, sir. You have a good one. All right, bye bye. Bye. Scott Maida from the chat bringing it on, ladies and gentlemen. His wife was on Jerry Springer. Amazing. That is hilarious. And uh, and gee whiz, there there was her fifteen minutes of fame. Am I right? Snippet. Uh, Superman coins. Superman coins in Canada. The Royal Canadian Mint um, has released Superman seventieth fifth. 70th fifth 75th anniversary coin sets um it is uh they they look really good this is the, i found this at geekdad.com so this is his own personal opinion this is uh brad moon at geek out at geekdad.com he says there are many things i like about living in canada 
I'm not about to start a flame war about the pros and cons of Molson versus Budweiser, kilometers versus miles, four-down NFL versus three-down CFL football, or any of the myriad points of comparison. However, I do think our government is rocking when it comes to collectibles. We had the Rush postage stamps a few minutes, uh, a few months ago, and the Royal Canadian Mint has been knocking out the collectible goodies. Besides the Queen, who's pretty much on everything, the Loon and the Polar Bear, the Looney and the Toonie, uh, the Mint has released glow-in-the-dark dinosaur coins, bald eagles, hologram coins, full-color depictions of the northern lights, and even a snowflake embedded with a crystal. Oh, my Atlanta. It's perhaps the greatest pop culture effort to date. Uh, the Mint recently received a set of seven Superman coins in celebration of the Man of Steel's 70th, 75th, again, I can't, why can't I say 75th anniversary? Uh, Superman's origins, not his origin story, but who actually came up with the idea is another of those friendly Canadian Americans we agree to disagree things. Um, <clears throat> Canada says that Joe Schuster grew up in Toronto. Um, in fact, uh, a lot of people say Metropolis, you know, he said Metropolis was based on Toronto. Uh, here are the coins. They've got a, uh, a silver coin, $10 coin that is, um, vintage Superman, him breaking the chains off. It's got the old school S. It's the old school Siegel and Schuster look to him. They've got a lenticular coin and stamp set Superman then and now. Uh, it is, uh, let me see what, what this one kind of looks like. It's, it's, it's that Superman number one cover of him kind of flying out and, and stopping that with his arm over his head kind of thing and looking down and they've got two different versions of that the coin has one version maybe the flip side has the other version um the older version but there's a newer version there's uh jim lee superman uh from him standing on that gargoyle which is a real popular i've got a little statue of that coin there's a hologram superman coin there's a just a super modern day superman coin with the with the new 52 look about him and then just the superman uh s shield coin um a lot of these are sold out already uh, here uh, in in the old Canadian Royal Mint. So they look really cool, and it's something that if I'd have known about and had the money to get, I'd probably totally gone after them. They look so, so super sweet. So, um, and uh, and finally, one, one more snippet before we get into uh, what we're going to talk about. Snippet! Uh, there's an awesome Muppet app little game thing on the iPhone. I don't know if it's on the Android but on the iPhone, it's called uh, My Muppets. Uh, check it out. You 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 have a stage. You bring in Muppets. You digitize Muppets. Bring them in. It's one of those things that, you know, everything's going to take longer and longer as you do it, almost like Simpsons Tapped Out or some of those games. But it's the Muppets. And they sing this fun little song um, that gets stuck in my head so bad. Let me see if I can... Uh, I'm going to do that annoying thing where I try to pull it up and, and put it up to the microphone to see if you can if you can hear it if it comes up here. I hope it's the right stage. Um, oh, I've got the sound down. Shoot. There we go. Sing it, Kermit, sing it. Rip dip do, rip dip do, walk. 
Yeah, so anyhow, that has totally gotten stuck in my head, that song. And um, it is, uh, it is, it's just one of those things um, that I have just, I've been addicted to. And every day, every morning, I'll get up and I'll do, um, I'll do some stuff. Uh Oh, we got friend codes going up in the chat right now. Uh, Jimmy, you've got to send that to me. Um via the text so I can put that in there and, and friend you. Um, it, it, it's one of those things I, in the morning I get it started. Then when I sit down for lunch at work, I'll do it again. And then when uh, I sit down and get home from work, uh, I'll Hi, do it I'm again. Um, let me pull this audio down. Uh, but the Disney kind of rolling out some Muppet stuff because there is... Um, Another Muppet movie on the horizon, and I want Derek to be here to really talk about this. Let's let's get the audio here for the trailer, uh, the Muppets, the new Muppet movie that's coming out. In the history of filmmaking, the sequel always strives to be <laughs> better, sequel, older, sequel, and bigger. Sequel, sequel, <laughs> sequel. Finally! Oh, I am so happy! There's no sequel. This is gonna be great. Like a Muppet sequel. A sequel? Ricky Gervais, Ty Burrell, and Tina Fey. Put the frog down. In quite possibly the greatest motion picture of all time. Crazier things have happened. Sequel, sequel! And will. Kiss me on the cheek and I'll show you all the moves like Jagger. I've got the moves like Jagger. I've got the moves like Jagger. Good grief. Muppets Most Wanted. Everybody's feeling alright. Now apparently they're going to England. It's going to be kind of in the vein of the Great Muppet Caper where these guys are in England and um, and doing their thing. And it is an older song for a movie coming out next year. It, it, that, it may not go down like that, though, uh, with Scooter singing Moves Like Jagger. Um, I'm just impressed at how much that person has, whoever's doing the voice of Scooter, has nailed the voice of Scooter. I don't know if they if, if the original guy is still around or not who did Scooter, but um, it is, uh, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it. And some people are kind of complaining about it. They don't like it. I, I really like the marketing they did for the Muppets with the different um, uh, type of movie trailers they put out and uh, starting with that love story thing. Oh, that that captured me. That sucked me right in. I was like, why is someone sending me this? And then for it to end up being Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy. Hey, wait, is this a Muppet movie? I always love that. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. Uh, you should get... Um, you should totally get though the Muppets app, My Muppet Show. I know it's available on iPhone. I'm not sure about Android because, well, I don't really have an Android phone anymore. So um, there that is, uh, and that's that's the snippets. Here's one. You know what? Let me give one one big snippet though because the the last part of the show is going to be a pretty big snippet. Um, it was recently announced, uh, not long after. Uh, long after Comic-Con, not long after we found out that Batman was indeed going to be in the Superman movie, uh, we got our Batman, ladies and gentlemen, and his name is Ben Affleck. Uh, Ben Affleck has been 
tapped to play Batman, and the, the world went crazy. The, it broke the internet the day it happened. I, it, it blew my mind just how long uh, it was trending on Twitter, how much it was on Facebook, and then as, as more people found out, uh, it would just get brought up again, and people just continued the discussion and, and just keep talking about it and keep talking about it and keep talking about it. And for the most part, the haters came out of the woodwork. For, mo for the most part, everyone was like, oh, God, Ben Affleck, what in the world? How, what have we done to deserve this? And someone was sitting there saying, oh, Ben Affleck, I see you're going to be in the new Batman movie. Perhaps you're wondering why you would cast a man as Batman when there's already been a man cast as Batman, Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. It makes no sense, Bane. What if I was talking to myself? What if I actually talked to my characters? Hey, Ben Affleck's Batman. Um, I'm not <laughs> getting loopy. Uh, <clears throat> here is, as they say, other thing. I love it. Absolutely think it's genius. Um, because it. it <sighs> It's out of the blue. Everyone would expect some, like, you know, people were tossing around names like Josh Brolin, which Josh Brolin would have been a great Batman. I love what, I love the actor that Josh Brolin has become. Um, but beyond that, you, you, it's out of the blue. You know, it, it is something that no one would have expected because people look at Daredevil like, oh, Daredevil was terrible. I, Daredevil was not a good movie. The truth of the matter is, Daredevil was a great movie. Uh, if you go back to the time that it came out and you look and see what they had going, Jennifer Garner, and I'm not going to talk bad about Jennifer Garner at all, there may have been a better choice or two out there for Elektra, but I, I love Jennifer Garner, and, and I'm not going to say anything bad about her because she is pretty. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm single, ladies. Um, but yeah, Affleck as Batman is, to me, a genius move. And... Just because, look, guys, Affleck's a good actor. I, you know, he was the bomb in Phantom Joe. And so I think that when you pull him into the situation, what he did well in Daredevil, people forget he didn't, he wasn't able to rely a lot on the tricks and everything, you know, the little, the little looks he gives with his eyes and that sort of, he was blind. He was staring ahead the whole time. Uh, they put him behind the mask with the, with like the mirror shades on it. Uh, you know, he never really got to, to use all of the tools that a lot of times he would use. And um, and I thought he did great. He and uh, John Favreau had a great chemistry with uh, with uh, with Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson. Michael Clark Duncan was fantastic as the kingpin. And when they finally had their fight scene, um, you know, it was just great. And it was the satisfaction he got when he's like, hadn't you heard the words out on the kingpin? You know, what are you going to tell everyone? He's like, I'll tell everyone your secret. He's like, go ahead. Tell him you got beat up by a blind guy. And it's just, it was a great movie. And if you watch the director's cut, the director's cut is 10 times better. It's it, because it adds in, it fills in a lot of gaps and stuff that for whatever reason, I, d I don't know that it made sense that we're left out of the movies. I'm not necessarily like, oh, the director's cut is the pure way to go all the time on movies. But in this case, yeah, didn't make sense they left out. Didn't make sense that they trimmed out 20 minutes of stuff that would have really helped kind of fill in things and, and, and let you spend a little bit more time with like Foggy, uh, Foggy Nelson and some of those guys. But uh, but at the end of the day, he did a great turn to me as, as Daredevil. I thought he I thought he did good. And <clears throat> look, this is a guy who loves the character of Batman, and I don't want and people can't look past that. 
this is a guy who's going to look at the script. And Ben Affleck also is opinionated. And he's also someone who, when he sits down with Snyder and he sits down with Goyer and company, if, if, if what is on the script doesn't line up with what should be Batman, this isn't someone who's going to come to the table saying, well, you know, I never really read the comics. No, this is someone who's going to come to the table saying, I love this character and I love this mythology and we're going to do it right. And so I think when you come to the table with that much respect for a character and, and what's going to be happening, I, I don't think you can go wrong, you know? So there you go. Um, he was on Jimmy Fallon uh, talking a little bit about the internet haters. And, you know, let's be honest. Ben Affleck, uh, he, he's an Oscar winner. He, uh, he's done some great work. He goes home to Jennifer Garner. And he sits down at his home where he lives with Jennifer Garner. He sees all the stuff on the internet where people are bashing him. And he just looks and says, whatever, I'm Batman. <laughs> he wins, y'all. He wins. He wins. Jimmy and Georgia brings up a great point. He's the only guy to play Superman and Batman in major motion pictures. And that's true because he did. He played, he played George Reeves playing Superman in Hollywoodland, and um, and so it's it's uh, it's good stuff. Um, I think he's going to do. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to do well. And uh, it, to me, it's going to be interesting to see him play against Henry Cavill. Now, Henry Cavill buffed up huge, huge, and super sexy for Superman. And if and if Affleck, who's also in great shape, kind of maintains a little bit more of that trim physique, it's going to be neat to see them side by side in their outfits to kind of see the difference in, in these guys, you know, whereas, because we've gotten used to the animated style where they're all kind of the same size for the most part, you know, let's be honest. We've gotten, we've gotten a little bit used to that. We've gotten in. And so it's going to be neat to see, uh, two real actors of, uh, varying proportions in these roles, these very varying roles to see what's going on. And I am interested to see their chemistry as well. I think it'll be great. I think they'll do a fantastic job, uh, on, on, on this thing, I think, well, I don't think they will do, a I think Ben Affleck will do a fantastic job. And, and so I'm looking forward to, to seeing what he brings to the table. I think it's just a neat casting choice and I think everyone's just jealous. So, and, and it was out of the blue. I think everyone, we're predisposed to think that there has to be an unknown play these superheroes because we want them. I think Brian Singer said it best about Superman. We, you know, in our conscious mind, in our subconscious mind, in our collective, our collective conscious mind as a society, we expect a look and a feel a certain way. And because we're already so familiar with Ben Affleck, we feel like we can't separate him from what we know him as to be this character. And I don't know that that's necessarily true. So, um, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, it it, uh, it it I I'm interested to see what happens. I'm looking forward to to seeing this movie and I think it can end up being a a great great thing. Um well ladies and gentlemen, that's geek out loud. That's how we roll, that's how we do things. That's what this is, yo. Uh, so let me encourage you to do this. Email us, geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. What do you think of Affleck as Batman? You know, you got reasons against it? Let's hear them. You got reasons for it? Let's hear them. Let's, let's talk this out. Let's work this out. I'm interested to hear what Derek has to say 
about Affleck as Batman. Tweet us, Geek Out Online, uh, or sorry, Geek Out Loud, twitter.com slash geekoutloud, at geekoutloud on the Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekoutloud. Like us over there. We'd love to get some reviews on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher, all kinds of ways to find us on the internet. Now, especially with, uh, with old Shot Glass Digital Radio. Um, you know, these guys have, Jason and Jimmy Mack have, have been so gracious to reach out to us and, and invite us on. Can't thank them enough. You know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for bringing Geek Out Loud into your little, little part of the world. It means so much to, uh, to, to be, to be with it, I, you know, it is a, to me. It is a big deal. Like I said at the beginning of the show, it, it's the biggest thing, honestly, that's kind of happened to me since uh, since going on to Starkville House of L with Derek. Um, you know, it was huge. That was a huge deal and a huge opportunity. And this is just as big. This is just as special. And um, looking forward to being part of the Shot Glass Digital Radio family. And, and what those guys bring to the table there, and, and bringing whatever I can to the table there. Uh, it, reach out to them, let them know how thankful you are as a listener uh, for the exposure and for the synergy that we're going to be generating and how excited you are that, that we are all one big shot glass digital radio family now. Uh, that's, that's where you can find us online. I'd love to hear from you. I'll, emails are one of my favorite things in the world. Um, they're, just, they're just so much fun. So get in touch with us, and um, and we will, uh, you, you know, we'll read it. That's what we do. We read the emails. Uh, one thing, if you want to really help the show out, head over to geekoutonline.com. There's an Amazon banner on the side. Apparently, you got to clear your cookies first. Use that banner to click on through when you buy things from Amazon, and uh, and what it'll do is is give us show a little taste, and it helps us kind of pay the price for. Um, Things like, you know, bandwidth and hosting and, and all that good stuff. And and that's really the only thing we do to advertise or, you know, give any sponsors or anything. Uh, so if you use Amazon, head over to geekoutonline.com. Uh, find the little banner on the side of the page. I, apparently, you're supposed to clear your cookies. Click on it. And I know there's a lot of people doing this. There's a lot of big podcasts doing this. Um, listen, they got plenty of people clicking through. We don't. So help us out. <laughs> Also, if you're over at geekoutonline.com, the blog, uh, you'll see the first post up there is the big comic book sale that's going on. Listed there are a lot of comic books I'm selling. I'm selling off the whole collection practically. Uh, most everything's a dollar. There are a few books here and there that I just can't part with for a dollar. Um, so check out, see what's there. Uh, if you want pictures or anything, email me and I'll show you what we got. And uh, it'll be good stuff. So um, that's what's happening. This has been Geek Out Loud. This has been your safe place to geek out. I thank you so much for joining us. Everyone who's been in the chat at Mixler.com slash Big Honkin Show tonight, thank you for joining us. We will see you next time. And next time will be sooner than later, I assure you. On some form of Geek Out Loud. <laughs>